Hello and thanks for joining us on Search for Truth for the start of a new series called Guarding the Gates. Today's talk is an introduction to the subject by Bible teacher Brian in which he examines certain Old Testament events and practices. And these he's going to use throughout this series of talks to extract lessons to help us in faithfully maintaining our Christian testimony in our attitudes, conduct and activities in our churches today. So sit back and enjoy it and I'll remind you how to obtain Brian's book for this series after the hymn. So here's Brian. Thanks John. The Bible Chronicler, traditionally presumed to be Ezra, mentions many names in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, names that belonged to those of the Old Testament people of God who were at that time making a new start. For this was all about documenting their return from enforced exile. That exile having, of course, been their captivity in Babylon that was now coming to an end. You'll no doubt remember how God had finally brought disastrous judgment down on his ancient people. Before that, the people of God had stubbornly resisted every appeal God made through his prophets. Judgment had become inevitable. God says what he means, and he means what he says, always. But as the psalm reminds us, there is forgiveness with God that he may be feared. After 70 years in captivity, God moved world empires to engineer his people's return to their land. This return had neither been brought forward, nor was it delayed. It was measured at 70 years, just as God had said in advance. God keeps to his word, whether in blessing or in judgment. And so, as we say, we join the writer of the book of Chronicles as he records the things that took place when the way was opened up by God for his people to return from enforced exile to resume their previous service that had centred, of course, on Jerusalem with its temple, which was now under reconstruction. But let's just say that as we launch out into 2022, we are surely hoping for a more definite restart of conventional ways of serving the Lord after some measure of enforced exile that has been imposed by the COVID-19 pandemic and our various governments' responses to it. Back then, at the time of Ezra, that we were recalling, we're told that the first to repossess their cities in their former homeland were the priests, together with their assistants, the Levites, and temple servants. This listing would seem to represent those among the people who were the more committed, the core group, we might say, or those most actively engaged in the service of their God. In other words, these would be very far from those whom we might refer to today as Sunday-only Christians. Their keenness to re-engage energetically with their duties is noted inspirationally for our help in the divine record. By the time we reach verse 17 of First Chronicles chapter 9, the spotlight falls on Shalom, as notable among those who were described as being gatekeepers for the house of God. There were, besides him, chief men among these temple gatekeepers who were definitely recognised as being in an office of trust. Being guardians of the gates, they had assigned to them the task of not allowing anything improper to enter upon the sanctuary service of God's people at his chosen location. 
they had charge of all that was deposited in the treasuries of God's house, as those today who are resuming more normal service in God's spiritual house, may we as God's people be equally zealous to guard the treasure of the good deposit that God has given in trust to us. Any enforced absence from the precious privileges and responsibilities involved in engaging in the work of God's kingdom should now sharpen our desire to become fully re-engaged. And when I talk about the good deposit entrusted to us, I'm borrowing wording from the Apostle Paul, wording that he used as he wrote to Timothy at the beginning of his second Bible letter to him. In fact, from the end of his first letter through the opening section of his second letter, there's only been one major theme in Paul's mind. It relates to the deposit of sacred truth that the Lord himself had passed on to his apostles. Remember how the Lord Jesus could say in prayer to his father in John 17, I have given them your word. Now those apostles in turn were passing it on to the next generation of teachers in the New Testament churches of God. Thankfully, under the Holy Spirit superintendence, the exact instructions for the constitution and practices of the New Testament churches of God were written down even for us today in our Bible not only to describe their past practice, but to prescribe the same for us today. Paul describes it as a sacred trust from God that had to be guarded then as now by the help of the Holy Spirit. That wording alone shows us there's much more at stake than some mere outline example that we are free to update at will. It was a sacred trust handed down from the Lord himself. The translators of one Bible version go as far as to call it a good deposit. And mine even uses the word treasure in 2 Timothy 1 verse 14 to capture the full meaning of the value and preciousness of the object under discussion. As I read of it in those terms, with the idea of treasure, my mind escapes back to Ezra when detailing duties of the gatekeepers In 1 Chronicles chapter 9, verse 26, for example, it says they were in charge over the treasuries in the house of God. What were those treasuries, we might ask? The need of a treasury in connection with the house of God was for the reception of the offerings of the people, of tithes, as well as for the storing of the spoils of war dedicated to God. Already by Joshua's time, We read of the treasury of the house of the Lord, into which were brought the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron that were taken at Jericho when Jericho was taken capture. In the reign of David and in his plans for the future temple, great prominence is given to the treasuries, with distinct mention of the treasuries of the house of God and the treasuries of the dedicated things, that is, the spoil won in battles those latter things being used for running repairs for the temple in the future. In the accounts of the actual design and building of the temple, treasuries are not mentioned, but they clearly did come to exist. Whenever we read of the repeated plunderings of the temple, we usually read also about the carrying away of the treasures of the house of the Lord. More positively, at the time of King Joash's repair of the temple, we have a more wholesome account of the uses of things stored in the treasury for the purpose of repairing the temple. 
Now, after the return from exile, the treasury chambers in the second temple were used for the voluntary offerings, the tithes of the people, grain, wine and oil. In our case, whether it's about establishing authentic New Testament church order or how to maintain it steadfastly with what we need for its proper functioning, whatever, we are totally equipped by what we have in God's word as guided by the Spirit. But today's false teachers and deceiving spirits can plunder the spiritual treasures of God's house, emptying it of biblical truth that's precious to God and which we're meant to guard. And so returning to Ezra's writing in First Chronicles chapter 9, we find information given there about regrouping and re-energising for the effective functioning of God's house in post-exilic times. It's all about recovery of service after an enforced exile. As we've already mentioned, the pandemic has become a kind of enforced exile for some of us. Here we have the reinstitution of the organisation of temple work and workers in the early days of the Second Temple. And it's impressive to visualise the order and division of labour in verses 17 through to 27. Surely it would have been impressive to observe how at break of dawn the porters are the first to react to the day's call to duty by opening things up. Then each band of attendants begins its allotted, well-defined task without any hint of disorder or intrusion into one another's duties or any confusion about what had to be done. Paul could later come to say in New Testament times, all things must be done properly and in an orderly manner. Perhaps the main duties are underlined here back in 1 Chronicles chapter 9. Serving God in his house is viewed as a type of warfare and its gates are to be defended. From New Testament times, church elders were in a similar way to both fight the good fight of the Christian faith and to be guardians on behalf of God's people, God's flock, preventing the entrance of wolves. There's to be a constant vigil to guard the integrity of the house with its deposited special treasures by those who are in an office of trust. They were, and we are, charged with not allowing the bringing in of anything improper. The Levites of this section were responsible to open and close the temple gates at appropriate times to guard against the introduction of things detrimental to the service of God's house. Equally, their duty was to preclude any unauthorised takeaways. This vital role of gatekeepers had apparently been drafted by the prophet Samuel for David the king to later put into effect. And appointments in David's time were hereditary. This was an office of trust and great responsibility. Shalom's responsibility was especially important, being stationed as he was at the king's gate, leading to the main east entrance to the temple. This would appear to have always been his ancestor's role, back to Phineas when he was a supervisor. And he was a distant descendant of Korah, another reminder of a good descendant coming from a bad character by the grace of God. So we're given examples, we're given glimpses of past outstanding servants, such as Phineas. This is the best reason, you know, to look back over history. It's so as to encourage the current incumbents 
to the same costly faithfulness as in the case of the sons of Korah, and to stir us to the same zeal as shown by Phineas, about whom it says the Lord was with him, inspiring him to zeal for God's honour and glory. Well, there's enough there that should have the effect of stirring today's guardians of the house of God back to well-defined service after an enforced layoff. As I said earlier, there's a reminder how you can receive a transcript of all the talks in this series. Firstly, it's available online and you can obtain it by downloading a copy from churchesofgod.info forward slash media. Alternatively, you can write to us and request a hard copy book. Just ask for the title Guarding the Gates. And by the way, don't forget to include your own postal address so we know where to send it. And you can use email or the post, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. So, it's been great to enjoy the pleasure of your company today. Thanks for giving your time to be with us, and I hope you enjoyed today's talk. I'd love you to join us next time if you're able to, but until then, it's goodbye and very best wishes from our Bible teacher, Brian, our producer, David, our singers, and me, John. So, see you again soon, and in the meantime, we wish you God's richest blessings.